2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Hello, this is Ida Linehan-Young, and you are listening to Tobin Tonight.
1: So, Ida, my very first question for you is, uh, how are you?
0: I am pretty good, I have to say.
1: Well, that, that's that's going to be the hardest question you're going to face tonight, I think. <laughs> no, I want to ask you basically, because we're going to go all over the place in this interview, but where originally did you get the idea to start writing? Because for me, I, just, I, I watched Conan O'Brien and Saturday Night Live, and I'm like, dude, I want to do that. I want to be in broadcasting or comedy. So what got you... Into writing?
0: I guess, well, my first book was my story. So I had always wanted to write my story, but it was never so strong as when I watched uh, an episode actually of Lantern and Z. And they talked about uh, a bunch of people that lived down on the Bjorn Peninsula. And they had been in a fire, oh, pro- I think it was around the same time as our house fire. And none of them were talking to each other. They were all like, land and sea made it sound like they were hermits, <laughs> you know, and that everybody kind of went their own way and they didn't really live a good life uh, because of this fire that happened in Saskatchewan, but it happened to impact this community on the Mjoln Peninsula. So when I saw that, I I was like, I can help them. I can read a book that's going to help them. It's going to help people. And I didn't realize at the time that I was really helping my own community because our own community hadn't survived it either. And I was kind of, after coming from a burn camp in uh, Nova Scotia, and I had this in my head that, you know, it was an epiphany and I was doing so wonderful. And, you know, I was gonna write about this and then I did. And I, I couldn't believe the difference even writing it down made, like it was just, it was amazing. So after my book came out, somebody did a review and they said, well, this is a one-heat wonder. And I was like, thank you. I'm going to write more books. <laughs> so I wrote four more.
1: <laughs> it, it's interesting because for people that are outside Newfoundland, they they might understand like the land and sea, but it's like one of those shows that kind of focuses on basically, I like to call it like Newfoundland culture, Newfoundland stories. Like my mom and dad love watching it. I think they've got like dvds upstairs but we don't have a dvd player so then they just yeah. watch it when it comes on and they love watching the stories and i guess when you get for me when i get older and watch them i get the kind of culture when i was younger i was like man this is boring i don't want to watch yeah. this but when you get older you're like oh it's oh, culture it, it yeah. is culture
0: <laughs> someone um, our age look at that.
1: <laughs> yeah i i worry when they do land and see and and someone's like i remember going to see the wonderful grand band, I'd be like, all right, you're old. And then there's someone that will come on and be like, I remember going to see Rex Gowdy. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm old. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Didn't hit you. Talking about, obviously, the fire. uh, I believe it was June 1980. Yes, uh, yep. uh Like, you've lost five siblings in that as well yes
0: so there was i lost four brothers and a sister so two of well three of them were younger my sister was younger and two boys were younger and there was two older than me and i was burned actually in that fire so i was would have probably been number six
1: okay how old were you at this time i was 15 oh wow I mean, yeah. I, I know, I know, like, again, you wrote about in your book and people, you know, can go out and buy the book and read about it. But like at 15, you're losing family members. Like, how that, did that make you like, how did you cope with that?
0: I th- I think the hardest part of him being burnt at 15 was being 15 yeah.
1: because,
0: I mean, losing siblings was was really difficult but being burned at 15 even i think made it a little bit harder and that uh, i don't mean that to sound like selfish or anything else but i think it's harder on a person when they're that age for something like that to happen to them
1: because you're already going through so much at 15 anyway like yeah like
0: 15 is a hard time anyway like your hormones are kicking in and you're starting to notice boys you're starting to notice yourself and then all of a sudden like all that's taken away and I mean, we, I went from a family of, of 10, like there was 10 siblings in a, a big house going nuts all the time and went home and was only mom and dad and, and like a different house was being built and there was, a, you know, a plot of ground in the graveyard that was scraped clean and like everything was just different. So I came from uh, like within a matter of two months, like everything changed. I didn't have not one thing of my own from the past, right? So that was really difficult.
1: How many of you are still left? So there was five and five.
0: So five lived and five died.
1: And do you you find at times, like, I guess now, obviously, getting older, like, you're obviously going to miss the other five. But do you find it at least somewhat comforting that you're not going through it by yourself like you have other siblings here that went through the same process
0: we we did all go through the same process but we all went through it by ourselves so like when i wrote my book like it was 27 years later and it was the first time that any of us actually ever talked about how like how the fire impacted us because back then you didn't talk about anything like it was and and people even in the community when I went to write the book like I had to ask questions because of course I wasn't there right like I was burned and I was just taken away so I wasn't there for any of it and uh, when I was asking questions like people couldn't talk to me my uncle couldn't talk my you know people just wouldn't talk they were like no no we couldn't talk about that because we were afraid we'd make somebody cry and like you know, you were told like don't don't you go bring that up. So because nobody was bringing it up, there was nobody talking about it. So then because nobody was talking about it, we didn't talk to each other about it. So basically, the book kind of brought us all kind of a little bit back together because we had all we were all kind of siloed, like in our own little world, I guess, of hers.
1: That's fair. I I think it's interesting because I think in like the culture that we live in now, there's more people that like want to talk like yes obviously there's still people that says like no one's going to listen to that don't talk about it but i feel like it's a little bit more open like i know it's oh hundred
0: and fifty thousand 150 thousand percent like i know that morning there was one fella one young fella he was my age he was in my class and he was there like throwing buckets of water on the on the fire and his father said like you better go home the bus will be down in a few minutes and he had to go home get dressed get on the bus and go over and write exams like, in today's world, that would never happen.
1: No, there would be like right? Like, there was that, a whole class no. of
0: – yeah, like, it was brutal. There was a whole class of grade 11s. My brother was in grade 11, and there was a whole class of grade 11s wrote their exams, and they didn't know if he was alive or dead. Like, they were like – he wasn't there, and they knew there was a fire, so they didn't know if he was alive or dead, right? So, I mean, like, today there'd be all kinds of counselors running at the school, and, you know, it was just – it was, it was like, nobody talked about it. and Nobody did anything at the times. Yeah. Was, Cause
1: I, I kind of look at it from the standpoint now, I know it's a different scenario, but like when I'm comparing it to almost like mental health, like back in the day, and it's kind of a two way street for me because it's like, I grew up in the nineties where it's like, it wasn't really talked about, but I'm sure there's actors and actresses out there now that will gladly talk about it and say, listen, this was going on way before then. But yes. now when you see so much of it being mental health and, awareness of that you're like well that's good but on another side you're kind of like all right like ease up a bit because i don't know if this is mental health that you're talking about Or if it's just you're going through a situation that's tough.
0: So true, because like people are so eager now to wear a label because if you put it on on Facebook like that, you're, you know, you're depressed. Everybody's oh you poor thing. But like that only lasts for so long. And then people are like, well, yeah, hurry up and get over it. (laughs) Like we don't want to be hanging out with you, you know, and like it makes it hard on the people that are really going through something.
1: Yeah, because you know? they see because the, they yeah. see that, and then they think, "Well, geez, that's a person that I could have confided in, but now I don't feel comfortable confiding in yeah. that person." Yeah.
0: And like I have like I'm really not knocking mental health. Off oh no, no, without, I wouldn't. But there are people that you know, like oh, for every little thing, you you know, it's mental health. No, it's yeah. not. You're you know, yeah. you're having a bad day. Yeah, that's it, it's right.
1: I, I, <laughs> I've come to realize that, like. You know, there's point. There's points and places that you can kind of somewhat joke about. Like I, I like sometimes to say to people if they ask, like, "Are you depressed?" or are you, I'm like, "Listen, I'm depressed, but I don't think I'm like there's something mentally wrong there. It's just like I, I'm sad because this is the reason I can say that. Um, yeah. There are times that I'll make a joke about my OCD. Not that I'm diagnosed with OCD, but it's like I like things a certain way. But if someone ever came to me and said, "Listen, OCD is actually pretty severe," I'd be like, "You know what? You're right. I'm sorry." But this is just my way of making yes, a, yeah. a joke at it. But it's not making fun of them at any point. No, no. Right? Like, I, I've had people that would come up to me, and years ago when I was at Carlton, and it just kind of, there are words that just kind of float off your tongue. But I remember using, it was like the R word, retard. And someone was yeah. like, Can you not use that around me? I'm like, You know what? I didn't mean it that way, but sure, around you. Yeah and in the future i will try my best not to because it is some people take it the wrong way it's like i take the word not that i'm overly sensitive about it but when people say disability it's almost like okay when they put a light on of well he's disabled he's not able to do anything i'm like no 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 No, no, now you're taking it now you're taking it the wrong way
0: taking it to the
1: limit (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah everyone has kind of i guess there's certain terms that people like that don't like but we're in a world, like I said before, we even did this interview, where you got to be very careful what you say because yeah. it's like, yeah, well, I've got a video of him saying that word. It's like, okay, how many times did he say it? Oh, just the once, but we can cancel them, right? It's like,
0: yeah, let's yeah. get rid of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He used
0: uh, that word 500 years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other thing I want to talk about as well is now, when you were mentioning about getting the review and someone was saying kind of like it was a one-hit wonder, I like that actually because were you more or less driven then to sit like, Driven to show that person like, listen, don't call me a one-hit wonder. I'm going to keep on writing more books or... Was there something else so when you wrote the first book you're like, I actually like doing this, so let's keep doing this? I think it was a little bit of
0: both, but I, I don't think I had to like to me. I have like, I don't believe I'm a writer still, right? Like, I write books, but if someone says you're an author, I'm like, Yeah, okay, I am. <laughs> uh, so, so, like, I still don't believe it actually. There's times I, I'll be like, No, like, that's not me, that's not me, but yeah. I think I, I always liked writing, like even in high school, I'd write poems and, you know, I'd be writing little short stories and I'd write entries to send to the Herald. You know, when you were 14 and 15, you wanted to see yourself in the Herald and, <laughs> and things like that. So I, I think I was always a writer. And when I had the courage to write my own book. I was kind of a little bit full of myself when I was writing that because I was like, oh, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm yeah. healed. And then at the lunch day, I was like, I am not healed. <laughs> so I, I'm very competitive, too. Like, I I'm, i have a competitive streak. Don't ever tell me I can't do something. Like, if someone said you can't be the prime minister and I had even a little tiny bit of a an inkling that i could like look because i will be <laughs> I,
1: I i like that though the the answer there of more or less like being driven because i feel like when it's almost counterproductive because when someone says you can't do it it's almost like you would think that i was supposed to deflate you but then it doesn't and so but then you. like yeah but then like when someone says you can absolutely do that you're like no i can't and then it's like yeah. the opposite where it's like well they think i can so no i'm not going to <laughs>
0: yeah or then you have to do it like super you know payload because they expect you to do it. But when they don't expect it then like, and you you surprise them, it's like, Oh, she could do it.
1: The the other thing that I I thought was kind of, uh, interesting with your remark there was when you were saying that when you were writing it and then the day that was published you were like oh like you thought you were healed but you're not healed i i've read and people have told me like when you feel like a bit of anger or rage or whatever like you know start writing and then pretend that you're gonna mail it to someone because that takes pretty much all the level out rather than in the world we live in now where you can still like send a text message instantly like you have to spend time writing yes did, did you find like during that writing process that there was some healing or something like it was getting it off your chest.
0: Well, I can tell you that from, from June, 19, 1980, until September the 7th, 2014, every single day, if I could, I could pick out any second of that fire, like any second, you could say, well, you know what happened? 10 seconds. And I could tell you, uh, but now that like, after I published a book, sometimes I have to go back to the book to see Right. So like 40, almost 40 years of of it. And I could, you know, like after I wrote it down now, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that happened. And I have to go back to the book, actually. And so, I mean, yes, if you write things down, there is a healing in writing.
1: Yeah, because I feel like especially over time, like, I mean, I've graduated university, maybe I want to say four or five years. But like, you know, you'll hear stories of like, remember that night when we did this or remember that? And like, Sure. From a year when you when you left to two years when you left, you're probably like, oh, it's still vivid. But over time, whether like you make up stuff to make it sound better or you make up stuff that you're like, hey, that this is you how I remember. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you, happened. and then someone has to like be the in between where it's like, actually, this is what happened. You're like, oh, okay, not as bad as what I thought, but that's not how I remembered it. But yeah, like books are great in that aspect. Now, besides this book, I, I, you've have written other books like, uh, Being Mary Rue. Mary Rowe, uh, yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah. the, the promise, the liars, the stolen ones, which is the it's most recent new. one. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that you said that you're, that you don't think yourself as an author, but when you get accomplishments, like winning a, I think it was like a silver medal for the last three, how do you like really take that? Cause it's, it's basically someone gratifying you with saying, this is good. Like well, we're reading it. I, yeah.
0: When I, when I received it first, I got an email saying that I was the winner. And so I sent, A message to somebody who's a publisher, and I was like, "Is this a real thing? Like, did I read? Like, is this a real award, or is it something that you kind of buys? Like, you pay for an award?" And he came back and he said, "No." He said, "Like, that is a big thing." I'm like, "Oh my god! Well, I want a big thing." So it was it was kind of surreal, but still, I don't know. Like, I guess you'll always second guess yourself no matter what you do.
1: Yeah, I guess there's like kind of like a little bit of a humbling experience to it. Like, you know, when you win an award. And you're kind of like, you're kind of grateful for it. Because in in terms of to compare it maybe to an author, to a podcast, like if someone came across my podcast tomorrow and said like, oh, this is like a great Newfoundland podcast. There's a part of me that's like, well, that's nice. It's like, it's nice to be noticed, but I don't really see myself as a podcaster as much as more of, and I I think, you know, kind of relating it to any Newfoundlander, it's just the storytelling. It's just having a conversation with people. You do it in the form of books. I do it in the form of interviews. Do you think it's kind of, I, I guess it's a little bit of a loaded question, but do you think it's kind of an easier aspect being a, a Newfoundlander where I know that you you kind of mentioned the bio that it was your father and grandfather's like storytelling aspect that kind of got you a little bit into writing as well. But do you think just being a Newfoundlander in that sense kind of helps as well? Because we're yeah. really good storytellers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For sure. But, you know, like the art of storytelling and writing is two completely different things, right? Like it, it is actually two separate identities that you have. You are a writer, but you're also a storyteller. If you were uh, in the storytelling circle, that's what you would think. But like from being able to tell a story... I guess I do it through my writing. So like, there is, but there is technically a difference. Like if I went, if I went looking for a grant for storytelling, I'd be told like, you're not a storyteller, you're a writer. <laughs> so
1: yeah. like, go away. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you now, because I, I actually do see some of the books that are displayed in the background there. What made you change into, I guess, doing more uh, novel based books?
0: Um, I think it was my grandmother if I could like really pinpoint the place I was always in awe of my grandmother like she was she didn't leave North Harbour for very long like she left for a little bit but she lived her life a happy life in North Harbour and like if anybody looked at her they'd say well you must have had a good life but how would you know you know (laughs) like when we look at at the amenities we have today like we had, if we were all destitute now and put back in, in 1900, I don't know that very many of us will be able to live. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. No, seriously, I don't think we'd be able to survive, right? So, like, just the matter of being able to survive, like all the books that are written from the 1800s, like even back in them times, they were written about men and, like, what men could do, and men going to war and men doing this and men in politics but there was nothing really about the women that were behind them. So I was more interested from my grandmother's perspective in what she would do if she was behind somebody.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. I kind of laugh at it because it's like, when you look at like the generational gap between people, like within the last few weeks could have been the last few days, it was like when Facebook went down (laughs) and uh, like, I'm sure it's going to happen again with Facebook, Instagram. And I was just sitting there and I remember if it, if we were younger, um and msn didn't work i was like all right like i'm just gonna go down to my buddy's house and see what he was doing rather than message him but like now it's almost like you get so accustomed to it where you're like so these things are down. yeah Yeah, social media is so
0: so unsociable right
1: (laughs) yeah so it's like these things are down how am i supposed to connect with people but there's a whole age group that don't know about knocking on someone's door and you know going to see what they're doing and then they were like oh my god i've just lost everything i'm just like yeah, you know your friend only lives like three houses down. It's like, but you couldn't no. even tell
0: that. You couldn't yeah. even say that to anybody. Oh my god, I blast everything because who were you going to tell? Because there's no, no there's no media to tell it. Yeah. You were singing out to the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, I lost yeah. everything. Well, the
1: ironic thing is, when it start when it came back, a lot of people posted more or less like, I survived ni- the blackout." Yeah, yeah, or like, "Wasn't it nice to like be off Facebook yeah. and all that for a few hours?" I'm like, "You can do that anytime. It's, yeah, sad it's, it ha- it's sad that it actually has sad that you yeah. you're forced. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they should do that more often where it's like, Oh, sorry, Facebook is time down. Out, it's like it's time like out. it's like go spend time with your families. So they're like, I guess if you tell me to, I have to.
0: In in the house, if you turned off Wi-Fi, it still don't help because you can get it on your phone.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. Like the kids today now have data. And yeah, it's like data when we plans. when we didn't, it's like if your PlayStation 2 didn't work because I don't know, just say Wi Fi. Well, we don't have Wi-Fi, but electronics or yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm like all right that's enough for that today it's like what's my neighbor doing all right let's go out and build yeah. a snowman out, or something yeah or go out <laughs> and play hockey
0: out in the yeah, street yeah, or something a, right
1: exactly
0: imagine yeah, today ahead. though like if you were told that there was oh there's no craft dinner you have to go you know you have to go get potatoes but you have to plant them first you know and so like how many people really would survive
1: Oh, I, I, between you and me, it's like, if it's not a pizza pocket or a pizza or chicken nuggets or something, <laughs> I'm pretty much gone, but I'm okay with that. I'll be like, listen, you got the week of the herd already on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask now with the, the newest one, the stolen ones, give me a little bit more, I guess for, for me and anyone who's listening, like a little bit more in t- detail about that book, how it came to be and how you found a reception so far.
0: Okay. Well, it's only out, uh, like eight, seven or eight weeks. So it's pretty new. Yeah. But when So, I, so when people I wrote, are basically
1: loving it already. Lo- now. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but when I, when I wrote being Mary Ro was my first one and I had no intentions of writing another one. And then everybody was like, Oh my God, they felt like my mother, my, you know, my, yeah. it felt like my grandmother, like, please tell me more. So I was like, okay, I'll Wait no, another no. One. Be,
1: be honest, Ida, what actually happened is that reviewer came back and said, two hit wonder. And then you said, <laughs> no, no. She's,
0: she's not reviewing no more. <laughs> so then I wrote the second one, which was the promise. And like somebody reviewed me and Mary and They said, well, it's all nice. if it's all wrapped up. You know, if you like something all wrapped up in a bow. And I was like, well, shaggy now. I'm not <laughs> going to wrap this one up in a bow. So this one I left on a cliffhanger. And like I had people meet me on the trail, I was out for a walk on the trail, and this woman said, I was reading that book, and I can't stand what you did with that girl. (laughs) I was like, what did I do? (laughs) I said, you have to read the next one. So then I had The Liars, which was the follow-up to to The Promise. And then I kind of thought it was finished, but in the beginning, the first book, Mary and Peter, didn't have a story. So that their story is in the stolen ones, but then i I wasn't sure how I was going to present it. So I started actually like it it's written as if it was this this year, like this summer, okay. and two two people came home because they were DNA linked to Mary and Peter from being Mary Rowe. and they they read journals to try to figure out how they are related to Mary and Peter. So the story, is told so that Mary and Peter get their stories, but they get it through this journal. And then you also get a look at like COVID nineteen, like the the girl in the story, her mom dies from COVID, and they're still like trying to get over that. And you know, so there's there's a lot of to the, if it, if it's accurate in the past, it has to be accurate in the present. So and now I wrote it in December, hoping that you could really gather in July or August. And we could kind of, so it makes sense, like, that it, it matches sort of today.
1: Now, like, are these based on actual, like, like not that you're going to actually give them the names of these people, but is, is it based on more or less fiction or kind of like you're creating it as it goes? Like, you're, you're kind of creating the whole atmosphere, or are they based on experiences that you've had?
0: Well, some of them are experiences, but a lot of it is on history itself. Uh, Like, say, for example, in The Stolen Ones, Mary and Peter, who are are like in their journal, they go to Fox Harbor in 1900. And in 1900, two children disappeared in Fox Harbor, were never seen or heard tell of again. Like their parents went to their grave without knowing what happened to their two children. They went off to, to get rabbits in the woods and didn't come back. And 40 years later, somebody confessed to the murder, but the mom and dad were gone then. So I bring that into the story. Like they, Mary and Peter go to, uh, you know, Fox Harbor to deliver her baby and the two children are gone and they're out looking for the children. So I always try to put like historical truths, I guess as truth as you can get it, in the story. And like another example was a a man from uh, Point Leamington. Was buried alive in the war, like in World War One, and his thumb moved, and someone saw it while they were burying him, and they pulled him out of the grave. So, like, I incorporate that story into this book too. So, like, all the st- all the books have real, real facts from Newfoundland in them. It's I just mean, the characters are yeah. not real.
1: I mean, it sounds like a, a great a kind of a, a great book for Halloween. Like, <laughs> 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 and writing all these. Uh, well, in the last three novels and your own kind of story, like what kind of things excite you about writing? Cause like I, I, you know, sometimes you hear people get writer's block or they get stuck. Like, have you ever experienced that? And how do you get past that?
0: I, I don't know if I had writer's block during like the pandemic was a perfect time to write. Like yeah. I could have churned out 10 books because what else were you going at? You were sitting at home, but <laughs> I I didn't want to write like I didn't want that to be part of my history that I wrote books during the pandemic sort of thing and so it wasn't that I had writer's block I just didn't want to write and I don't think that that's block it's just didn't want to write
1: it's Better to write nothing than write like something that's really not something that you like you're focused on basically Yeah
0: and yeah. I already had to start at the stolen ones like I had it re- like started and probably twenty thousand words in it and i'd pick it up and i'd say no i'm not gonna add it and then i'd pick it up and i'd say no i'm not gonna add it because i wanted to enjoy the writing experience and i wasn't enjoying like the being for not being forced to be home but i wasn't enjoying the solitude <laughs> yeah. it, it, like in a writing way sort of thing but then christmas came and i was like okay i promised everybody i'd have a book i'd have another book out next year so i better get at it so like this was Christmas.
1: That's when they are actually forcing you to stay home. That's, yeah. when, you see, that's when you see your neighbors and people reading the other yeah. books and saying, what are you doing out shopping? Get back in and write that book. <laughs> well, my husband was
0: working too. So he was working like Christmas Day and everything. So I was like, all right, so I'm going to have to do something. So I sat down and it was just like a, it came to me. And I wrote feverishly for seven or eight days. And I had to book like it was just like an epiphany. And I just I had to book.
1: How long, like now in seven, eight days, like, is that how long it takes you to write a whole book? Or is that like how long it takes just to, because I was going (laughs) to say. About a year.
0: It takes about a year. But Like if you're, I had the research done. So in fairness, like I had already taken a long time, but like the 50,000 words that I needed came in actually like seven or eight days so okay uh, but but like to, in order for me i like to do research so a friend of mine sends me like a, a thing and she'll say are you interested in this and i'll look at it and i'll say yeah maybe i might be able to work that in and uh, but then i has to go like really look so like in the liars which like i am so proud of that this happened last year in the liars i found from writing the promise this story about this uh, Ez, uh, Ezra who was, uh, the Ephraim his real name was, he was an Eskimo in Labrador and he was referred to as Ephraim the Eskimo and he was, it was written about in these Moravian journals and he killed his first wife, he married this other lady and he killed her son so he could marry or you know go with the daughter and like this was real life. And the first girl, like, she was never mentioned again until I found his journal, a a journal entry that he admitted to killing her, like, when he was dying in jail. So he died of tuberculosis, like, in in 1900 or something. But she was, like, she was forgotten about. So I got her name added to the missing and murdered list. Okay. So, like, and she was, she's her name is spoken aloud now. And I gave her the first chapter in The Liars, like as a kind of a tribute to her. Okay. Yeah. So I I was really proud of that, right? Like I found her and she was forgotten about. So it was good. It was a good thing
1: yeah, like now you it seems like you like the the whole kind of history buff or like the history side love, of things. like love, yeah, cause I was gonna say, like it feels like I have a brother that like wa- loves watching Unsolved Mysteries to the point where it's like I know what the theme song is before I enter a room. Um, <laughs> like I'm more or less into the comedy side of things, but like each person has their interest. So I'm kind of wondering, like based on and feel free to like stop me or say it's not correct. But like based on your obviously story about the fire, like, did that kind of lead you into, like, the path of how you do your novels? Because, like, there is sort of a mystery where people weren't telling you the whole story. And then now you're kind of, like, piecing it together. So now that your novels are kind of somewhat like that?
0: I, I don't think so. But now when I wrote Being Mary Rowe, I remember the 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 guy that goes, out like, when we go out selling books from the publisher, he's yeah. out, he says to me, he said, you're like Mary Rowe. And I was like, why? He said, you just like her.
1: <laughs> that's when you <laughs> so, took a purse and smacked my face.
0: <laughs> so he said, he said like my, the women characters are strong women. Like my mom was strong and, and I guess I had to be strong and my grandmother was strong. So like he said, he said, that's where you're getting your characters. Like, and, and it's mostly women characters in there, like in, in each of the books. So he was like, that's where you get to. he
1: said, you're yeah. Mary Rowe. I feel like in my family, so like my – so I know my nan was a very kind of strong woman, lost her husband I think relatively – well, when when my mom was relatively young. Now, she she impasses that too, but it's like I remember when you were smaller and you wouldn't get away with anything in the house because it was just more or less like down your throat. And still to this day, you're 30 years old and she's still down or going like, no, no. And I'm just like, all right, you got to give it up at some point. And it's like, no. And it's funny because there are obviously the flaws that you like about people. Like I, I get sometimes when people say, Jesus, he's some strong witted or he's, he got some strong head on him. And I'm just like, good. And then there's a lot of people like, I want that on my team. And I'm like, good. So it's, it, it comes in like different packages, but I want to ask you now with the stolen ones, like that's relatively new so i feel like give it some time to breathe there brian but <laughs> do you see yourself doing a follow-up like in 2022 because it seems like every year you have a new book at least well out.
0: i have actually two more books in the hopper so oh, there you but go one, one of them is my mom's story so i'm halfway through that but like when i'm writing my characters so i i like to be like when i was writing Be mary roe i was mary when I was writing The Promise, I was Aerith. And when I was writing The Stolen Ones, I was, you know, I was either Peter at some times or else I was Darlene at others. So, like, it depends. Uh, but I can't, for the life of me, get into my mom's head. Like, I don't want to be there. <laughs> so, I mean, she lost five kids, right? And, yeah. like, she had a hard life. So, I don't want, I, I can't, I, I can't get in there. Like, and I I find it really, really hard. And then I did this other course, just like a, a writing course, and uh, we had to do assignments. So I was like, "All right, I'll throw something together, like for the first night." And then after ten nights here, I had like a half a book. So, but it's it's more like on a spooky fiction. It's not yeah. it's not on, on any kind of a like historical thing. It's just it's called speculative fiction, which is kind of just like, you know, not real life, but a little bit on the other the other side of the realm so i'm i'm going to do that one too but i don't know if i'm going to be either Hen young on that i might be just if young or something i don't like because i okay. want to write more historical fiction and memoir and i yeah. want to kind of associate one with the other because people might say oh like she's got off her head now i'm not i'm not going to read her anymore <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting, because I've like, I, I never thought of it that way. But I guess with any aspect, it's like, you know, I, I was never really big into Harry Potter books. But just say I knew a lot of people that were so like, I think it's like J.K. Rowling does it. But like, yeah. if you just r- randomly one day came across just like it wasn't J.K. Rowling, it was maybe like, you know, she actually used her first name and R at the end. You, like, people don't go into the history of it. They'll just be like, oh, like a new author. Like, that's cool. And then years later, after you like both books, you're like, ah, I don't like these books anymore because she differed them. I'm just like, no, shut up. You liked both of them. Stop <laughs> it. Now you're just being picky. So I, I get why people do it. It's like if I wanted to do this podcast to interview guests and I want to do like a 90s based podcast and call it Tobin Does 90s, people would be like, yeah, he's doing the same thing. But if you went completely different, <laughs> then people would be like, I like this guy. He's a cool host. It's like, you know, he's the same guy. No, no, I don't like it anymore. It's like yeah
0: no, right. and, and like i don't want people like i know people i have a lot of followers um, which i'm grateful for and they like the historical fiction yeah. part. so i wouldn't want them to go pick up a book belong to me uh you know and that's not and that intent like if they had to know it was a different genre exactly. i mean yeah, i'll yeah. be open about it but yeah. but you know like if they don't want that genre then they don't have to you know, like stay away it's, from
1: yeah, it. Yeah, like it's almost like they see the name, they associate with a genre, they get home they are going like, it. oh my God, yeah, another
0: yeah. story about Mary Rowe, I yeah, want to and, get that. And then when and then they they're read they're like, it, they're holy like, holy moly, what the <laughs> hell happened <laughs> <earth>? her?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fair. I want to like to kind of clue up the interview here because we're close to the ending there now. But yeah. what do you see in in mind for I guess the future? Cause you, you said earlier, you don't consider yourself so much an author, but like you do enjoy writing books. So, like, I
0: love writing. Like, I love writing.
1: So obviously I guess you're going to keep on writing books, but like, what do you see? Like, what's your, what's your goal more or less in the future for this? Cause I know, When you get publishers to publish it after a while they're going to come be like well she's doing really good in these books like they're going to probably start forcing you to write more but like (laughs) what's what's your goal at the end of the day for all of it
0: well i got a a place name now called juniper tickle and i got some characters that uh i don't know if i'm going to like start looking up more historical newfoundland facts or just like make it kind of historical without the facts yeah and and just do maybe three or four books in another series just not as complex maybe as this one because this one started out not as a series and it's somehow hard to try to piece together everything like and and intertwine everything and remember where everybody was like i had sheets of paper everywhere saying she was there on this timeline she was there on this stuff. so like you got to be careful right because people know so I, I'm next time I'm going to start off with a series and actually like Platton, Matthew Ledru will say, Oh, she's going plotting But yeah. I'll, I'll have like an idea of what I'm going to do for each of the books.
1: Oh, that's, that's fair. Now, the, I guess the kind of a follow-up to that, like I know earlier we were saying about like the influence for writing and all this came to be, but like, are there certain, I guess, authors or books that, you'll read over and over again. Cause like, listen, I'm not really a book person. I'm more of like a podcast person or listening. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to audio stuff all the time.
0: Uh, four of my books are in audio. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's I, I seen that. So, I mean like for someone like me, that's good because it's more like you're, you're keeping up with trends, which is good as well. I've got parents upstairs. You try to play an audio book for them. They'll tell you to shut up. But got, I, I wouldn't yeah. have
0: listened to one like two years ago. No way. Yeah. But then I, I was driving. My daughter lives in Batwood and I drives about when I listen yeah. to a book. Yeah. I almost don't want to visit them because I almost want to come back and listen. To, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Listen just, to the
0: rest.
1: Yeah, just be like I drove out here and just the book finished. <laughs> yeah, just listen to the book and then they're like I'm gonna go by because I want. I got to three to this. more
0: chapters. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to ask you like, are there anyone's like any authors out there now that you're kind of like interested in, or even just taking stuff that, that ripping off, obviously, but like getting inspired by?
0: I I just like to read historical fiction, but there's not a lot that. Yeah. I don't know like I I try actually to stay away from books for that reason because yeah. I don't want to be not blamed but I don't want yeah. to I don't want to be influenced by somebody else's stories. Well, I want my stories to be my own.
1: That's fair. And that's I feel, why I purposely stay yeah. away
0: from reading actually.
1: <laughs> I feel the same way when someone says what's your like favorite podcasters? I feel like a little bit of an ass when they're just they're like wait, you don't listen to other people's podcasts? I'm like well, not like exclusively, like if it's a good episode, I'll listen to it. But yeah. they're like, well, how are you supposed to get better? I'm like, well, if anything, they'll never accuse me of ripping them off because I don't know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> that's right. And that's yeah. what, that's the way I am. I don't want, I don't want to like be influenced by somebody else's.
1: Yeah. So well one minute, one minute, minute your like your story goes a whole different direction. They're like, that sounds a lot like this novel. Did you read that? You're like, oh yes, I loved it. I know, I couldn't put it down. Actually, you know what? You're right.
0: Yeah, it's the same same thing.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> That's gonna do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on Tobintonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes.
1: Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night.
2: It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only
1: everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and
2: have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex.